everyone, how are we doing? Um, is it a, is it a good morning? Is it a good afternoon? Is it a good night? What is it? Like I, when are we listening? What are we doing? It doesn't matter. Nonetheless, everyone, this is a Monday morning commute podcast episode two. Uh, my name is John, and well, you know what it is because ultimately, well, here's my thing. I uh, it's funny this uh, past weekend I got to go home uh, to San Diego, California, uh, for one of my good friends' wedding. Uh, it was beautiful, great ceremony. Congratulations again, Jacob and Macy. Uh, it was a great time. Got to see the guys, got to see the homies, got to see the family. Um, but all in all, you got to realize something. So I had to go about 1,000 miles south. And just, you know, time-wise, it, it really only made sense for me to fly. Because hypothetically, look, if I'm going back for a couple months, I'm bringing my car and I'm road tripping. I it's a, it's a long drive, but I think there's something about being alone in a Honda CRV, in a gold Honda CRV. There's something about being alone within yourself, having the time. Hey, I can listen to the radio. I can put on a podcast. I can listen to some music. I can just listen to my thoughts, which I normally do. I can pull over to as many in and outs as I want. There's something about that. It's liberating. I love it. No real timetable. Obviously, you want to get there before. But hypothetically, if I wanted to pull over and stay the night in some mountain town, I can do that. If I want to take the coast the entire way down on that sketchy kind of winding road on the one, right? I can do that. I like that. But no, time was of the essence. So I had to fly down, actually. I don't know why. I think it was because it was cheapest. But I booked a flight uh, out of Portland, Oregon. My flight left at... I had to be up at 4 a.m. if that paints the picture. I think I had to be – I was boarding around 5.30 in the morning. Um, so I've already messed up there. I'm all about early morning flights, but I think there are very few times when a human should involuntarily have to wake up uh, before 5 a.m., right? Like when it's 5 a.m., you got to get – hey, got to get up. But I don't think anyone should ever be woken up before 5 a.m. And I might even push it to 5.30. But nonetheless, that's kind of my fault, so – no, I was up. Keep in mind, not much sleep. Um, you know, a little antsy, a little jittery. Didn't have any coffee. My, my plan was to kind of crash once I hit the seat. But you can already understand, I'm not rocking in full gear. I'm not flowing in full motion. And that's on. Hey, again, that's on my. I'm gonna take the blame for that. But but basically, for all of my life, I've, I've really Southwest Airlines has been the way that I fly, and I love their onboarding process. And they have great customer service too. Southwest is a model airline. It's great. Um. It's consi- Southwest Airlines is kind of like the Simpsons, right? Uh, consistent. It's going to be good every single time. You know, your money's pretty safe that you're going to you're going to you're going to laugh a few times. You're going to smile most of the episode. You'll be entertained for that kind of thirty minute slot. And that's a given. Um, but lately, I've been up here I've been, and I've been flying Alaska, and, I, and I'm a fan of Alaska Airlines. I want to start. I want to start off by saying that I am a big fan of Alaska Airlines. One area where I've always been a little gray, a little hazy. It's kind of hit or miss, uh, and it's their onboarding process, their board, how they get people onto the plane. Um, and I love that they. If you have a timber shirt, you can board first. I love that, but that's the only thing I can tell you about their onboarding process. Alaska Airlines, I can. Sorry, excuse me, Southwest. I can tell you it's groups A one through thirty, groups A uh, thirty through sixty, or something like that, and then they flow like that. And I can get that. I'm so used to that, right? I'm not used to the Alaska boarding process, and I think it's going to take a little bit of a while. But basically, to my knowledge, it's first class, um, miles reward members, or if you have a timber shirt, I think it's military, and then it's back of the plane. Um, so I believe with Alaska, that means that the whole race to check in in the beginning plays no factor whatsoever. 
So that's interesting in its own right. I, again, I think, and you know, I think it's kind of like you're adopting a new system. Like for example, like in the office where Will Ferrell comes in and replaces Steve Carell, everyone was like, not on the right. It was weird. You're getting a new boss and you got to adjust. And I think that's, that's a uh, situation is very appropriate in my, you know, reigns from the Southwest to Alaska airlines dinner. Cause you look, it was early. I got a bagel. It was a good bagel. Um, but I, I don't know, I was kind of out of a funk, and I was confused when to go on, and it, and it frustrated me a little bit. Lack of sleep played a factor, but I still was a little lackadaisical. I still was a little antsy to get on the plane. Um, and it, ta- it must have taken me about three minutes of questioning, hey, I'm in the right group. Keep in mind, I'm asking other passengers who also don't have much sleep, also don't really want to be here right now. We want to be on the plane, not want to be waiting in the lobby. Our legs are tired. And so I remember I, I eventually got on, I eventually figured out, I think I, st- I talked to a stewardess, found myself on the plane. Next thing I know, wheels are down in San Diego. It was a great trip. But that whole experience in the beginning on Alaska, I, wasn't, I was not the biggest fan. I wasn't the biggest fan. I'm going to say it like that. But no, nonetheless, land Friday, wedding Friday, Saturday, got to hang out the fam. Uh, ended up, I ended up catching an 8.45 departure out of, SD, uh, sorry, out of SAN, San Diego's airport. And I was on Alaska again. The bar was already a little low. The bar was a little low. This flight wasn't that full. Keep that in mind. I finalized when I got to the gate how I'm supposed to board immediately, engaged with the stewardess, engaged, talked, and shared a laugh, sat down, enjoyed a lovely sunset, uh, boarded, got on the plane, everything was smooth. Now, here's where things get interesting. My expectation was I was going to sit on the plane, and I had the whole road to myself. Maybe I'll lay back. Maybe I'll catch a few Zs. I really, aside from that, I didn't really have much in plan. I knew I was going to have some of their lovely coffee wafers. It's Europe's best cookie that they sell. I really don't know what it is. They don't sell, sorry, they give you. And I have some water. That's all I knew. I would be kidding if I told you I did not meet the most lovely, lovely flight attendants I've ever talked to in my life. It was fantastic. We had a great conversation. They even knew me by my name. Here's where I was tripped up. I was about to fall asleep, and I hear a, John, how you doing? And it was a flight attendant, but I thought he was referring to the little kid. I thought that was his kid that was joining him on the flight. But they knew my name. Apparently, they always have a list of everyone's name. No one has ever called me by my name. Not once, but this man went out of his way. It was risky. It was risky to do that. I'm not going to lie. I was a little startled. I was on high gear. I was a little bit alert, kind of questioning him. But then he warned me up. And now I expect every single flight attendant on any flight I'm ever on to please, please call me by my first name. Boom, great relationship right off the bat. And his partner, well, she was great as well. We talked for about seven minutes. And keep in mind, that's in the onboarding process that work. And so they really went out of their way. Um, that conversation got me a few things. One, seltzer water before the beverages were even passed around. It got me trail mix. It got me a Fig Newton. It also got me like seven of those European cookies. Um, boom. Am I in first class? I don't know. No, I was in the back of the plane. I always sit by the back of the plane for many reasons on their own. But nonetheless, it was excellent service. I could have been at the Ritz-Carlton for all I knew. This could have been a private jet for all I knew. It was excellent. I passed out for most of the plane, um, and I was kind of in and out of a daze, and I had a lovely hand touch me, kind of checking in, how are we doing? Do you want some water? And it wasn't inappropriate at all. Right, I was in that haze. I wasn't mad that they woke me up because they didn't really wake me up. I'm into it. You've sold me. Another thing I'm into, love the colorway. That dark blue, a little bit of green, a little bit of white. 
It's nice. And they've done something new on their aircraft. Um, what is it, a 747? Now I'm just trying to sound smart. But they have like a luminescent kind of hallways above the where you put your bags above your carry-on. And so they had like this nice little turquoise. And I almost felt like I was on Twitter before bread. They kind of that excuse, before bed before excuse me before bed. It felt like I was on social media, Facebook or Twitter, kind of calming me down. Because I passed out, and I passed out hard, right? But no, the service was exceptional. And hey, even before when they landed, the the two flight attendants they're actually from Seattle. And before we got off the um, off the plane, you know, I said my goodbyes, kind of wished them well. They did the same to me, and I was able to recommend a couple restaurants to hit. Uh, we shared talks. They kind of, you know, were curious about what my journey was. I was to theirs, and it was pleasant. I felt I formed a relationship, and a relationship where I was on a plane where I might have been conscious for only ten percent of it. And for those flight attendants to not only be working but operate within that ten percent, that's fantastic. And I backed it hundred percent. And it's funny, I, I was confused about the onboarding process. I, I touched on that earlier with Alaska Airlines, but I actually just went online, and they're actually changing it. They're initiating. They're implementing a new boarding process on July 18th with groups A, B, C, D. So, hey, um, Alaska Airlines, they're doing something right. They're doing something right. I back it. Um, but no, earlier, I was. it's funny, I was touching on um, uh, the wedding, right? So basically the ceremony we went to, the reception, it was in uh, Laguna Beach, which for those of you who don't know, you're looking about an hour, hour 10, maybe even 15 uh, if you're coming from San Diego. Um, so basically, no, I, my friend Jake, uh, he... My friend Eli and I, we all hopped in Jake's um, 2009 Hyundai Elantra, and we found ourselves up the five coast and up. But before that, Jake actually lives very close to me, so he picked me up. I got shotgun, legroom. It was optimal. And then we had to go, we had to go pick up Eli, who was about 10 miles north. Uh, Eli's house, I don't know if Jake had driven there before, but basically the road we were on, it was a coastal road, and it was a one-lane road, and then it formed into two. But we had to get into this right lane, this almost this third kind of row but it was a double white line so you can't just break in there willy-nilly especially when there's people there you gotta there's a code of contact one it's illegal two um in that case you gotta take a little more caution in the wind right you can't just jet over last minute because no one's expecting you to break that barrier right well there was a you know i might have been on directions and i might have messed up but no we found ourselves at a light and i forgot to tell jk hey, jay we gotta hang a right right here we look over uh-oh that's a double line that's not a dash line. That's a double line. We can't just break over. And so it's in this scenario where it is proper etiquette for the driver to put down the window, gain the attention of the other, um, the other driver, whatever it might be, whoever it might be, kind of flag it out, ask them, hey, can I get in front of you? And in those situations, there's two things you don't want to see. Someone driving a Hummer, right, and for reasons I don't think I have to explain, and then a motorcyclist. I'm talking kind of like a motorcycle um, member, motorcycle bike club bicyclist. We didn't see a Hummer. Phew, check that off the list. But we did see the biker. I'm not stereotyping. And I'm certainly not judging a book by its cover. But the man that I saw, he kind of fit. You know, there's that SpongeBob episode where he wants to get into the salty spittoon or something. And there's all those characters in there. It's kind of a hard knock place. This man was literally directly out of that bar. His beard, not really as white as much gray. It reminded me kind of like um, you know, a habitual smoker's ashtray. His vest, leather, but it was weathered as well. Had some patches. I think he's affiliated with a, some sort of bike club. I couldn't see on the back. Tattoos, old, not dated, 
but old. They'd seen a lot of sun, right? A little hard to make out. He was very tan. Um, sunglasses on, they might have been Oakleys for all I know, right? Revving that engine. No helmet on either. Let's keep that in mind. Long hair. Uh, Leather-bound boots, uh, only covered by his blue jeans. I'd like to say Wrangler. The point I'm trying to make is this man was intimidating. And I think the last thing he wants to see is a young uh, 22-year-old man uh, in very, very, very tight, questionably tight jeans, too tight, uh, and I don't think he wants to see that man wave him down and ask him to get over in front of him. I knew I had to do it, though. We were on a time crush. I had this, had this play had to be made. I had to step out of my comfort zone. I had to initiate conversation. And everyone knows I like interacting at intersections. We know that. that that's been known. I've done a podcast on that. But this, wasn't an inter- this really wasn't an intersection. This was a much different beast than a battle. But I, I, I implemented the same tactics, right? Hand out, open palm, squeeze palm, smile. I, 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 you know, I never, I do, I don't judge books by their cover. I don't. And I might have done that here. Because when I reached out to this man, when I reached out and tried to make eye contact from what I could see from his, from his, from his, you know, his tinted sunglasses, those, those black Oakley sunglasses, I looked at him and I said, hey, excuse me, sir, we messed up. Can we please get in front of you? We got to hang right here. Looks over at me, says, no, what are you doing? And kind of shakes his hand. And at that point, I almost felt like it was a win. I almost like won because he didn't yell at me. He didn't give me the finger. He didn't insult me. He, he actually acknowledged me. He didn't even ignore me. And so, you know, hey, I can take that. Maybe we'll just wait for him to pass. Maybe we ask, we ask the next person. And it's not really a big deal, a little inconvenient. But right as I'm about to roll up the window, kind of, you know, say, I'm sorry for bothering you. I hear, hey, hey, come on. I'm kidding. Don't worry. Get in front of me. Come on. And he waves me with his left hand. Waves me over. It was weird. He has a cast of a spell. He, it's like he took our car and put it in front of us and said, hey, here you go. The man that I was once looking at um, in fear, not knowing if I should kind of throw some respect, turned out to be kind of a lovely little beacon, right? And pushed that Hyundai Elantra to get Eli, ultimately to get us to the wedding on time. It was fantastic. Talk about putting yourself in a good mood. Talk about going out of his way. I don't know the guy. I feel like I do now, though. I didn't know him before, but I feel like that interaction, I got to know a little something about him. Tough on the outside, lovely on the inside. Like a coconut, right? Hard, you know, hard shell on the outside, but once you break it open, you got to work at it. You got to work at it. But once you do, you're going to have some lovely meat in there, right? Some good juice. That sounded weird. No, like you're going to have like, it's worth it when you open it up because you can put on some like desserts and stuff. It's like a sweet inside. It was great. It was fantastic. No, that definitely kind of was a highlight of the weekend. Didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming. But no, I mean, honestly, I mean, either way, it would have been a good mood. Got together, get together with some friends. See, because I don't, I don't get to see these guys often. You know, the wedding was a great kind of reunion, but for the most part, I really don't get to see these guys often. So, um, and you know, we're getting older, and in all of our lives, you know, paving different paths, going down different ways. Uh, it's not like we're in high school where we see each other every day. With that being said, look, the world's always changing. We're getting new technology. I remember when FaceTime was invented, and I believe the first, not invented, well, yes, technically, but like, I remember when Apple implemented it, they did this uh, commercial. I want to say it was around Christmas time, and it was of a grandfather seeing his grandson. And Apple hit it out of the park, emotionally gripping, heart was wrenching, right? I was like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. It was fantastic. Um, 
but they also they also what Apple really did was they they, they kind of showed us something. We could be at two places at once, right? We can be at two. Pl- I could be at Buffalo Wild Wings, right? But I could also be uh, FaceTiming an aunt in Germany or friends in Sweden. It, they've done something there. They've, it's it's almost as if they're they're building around the center of time, FaceTime literally, but in general, seeing people different parts of the world, right? And we're not face-to-face. It's, it's amazing. But no, I saw recently, though, that FaceTime is now going to be able to hold 32 people per chat. I hope I didn't read that wrong because a few things come to mind when I, th- when I hear 32 people. That's overwhelming. Second, how, like, I don't, why? What, what are we trying to accomplish here? Four people? I get that. Five, I even back that. I mean, you got that house party, house house party chat. That's eight. I get that. But for thirty-two people, unless this is strictly for for like fraternities and pledge classes and brothers and sisters to get together and talk when they're all long range after school, I can understand that. But if that's the market they're trying to hit, that's where I get a little confused. Thirty-two people, and I might have to read up on it. But for for now, let's just take it as if Apple. And FaceTime, we were able to face chat with, excuse me, FaceTime with 32 people at once. In what world, in what, in what world, in what reality does any of that sound underwhelming? Because I don't think I can think of it. That sounds overwhelmed, a little bit anxious. I'm getting a little anxious thinking about it. How am I going to be able to speak? I feel like so many people are just speaking on top of me. If it's more of like a, if it's more of like a, they're kind of going over the top to show that hypothetically, if you wanted to talk to thirty-two people at once, hey, we got you. And, but reality, it's hey, two or three people, boom, here you go, five people max, boom, you go here. Um, I can get behind that. It, it's like it's like they're showing like oh, it's or like for example when you when you see like the the, the Ram commercials where it's like oh, this is capable of uh, you know towing the Titanic. Like a big cruise ship, or like an airplane, or or like Buffalo Wild Wings, for example. Like I was, you know, touching on this earlier, but Buffalo Wild Wings—they have like a hundred TVs. You don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch a hundred different sporting events. You just go to watch one, and there happens to be others there. And I think that's the actually that might be the angle they're taking. And if that's the case, that's brilliant. Um, because I don't know if I want to talk to thirty-two people at once. I think I'm going to max out. I think I could max out at seven at one time. Uh, I don't know if I could hit eight. Uh, I don't know. That might be a little too much for me. But no, nonetheless, if the goal here is no more do you have to FaceTime one person, put someone else on hold, but you can do multiple people, that's great. Are they just showing that they have the – I think they're just showing that they have the capability to include a lot of people, all about inclusion. I can get behind that. I can. So, you know, maybe making these these long-distance chats it won't be as big of a deal. I know there's the app House Party, which I thought was fantastic that I used. Um, I don't know how they're doing traction-wise, but, you know, once Apple's kind of the big fish in the sea, uh, a little more utilities, kind of like that Swiss Army knife, well, that's what's going to happen. Look, we got 32 people on the call at once. Interesting. Everyone, I'm drinking some coffee right now out of a all-black Contigo, matte black, might I add, um, mug, and I'm all about it. I'm getting caffeinated. Probably going to open up uh, The Alchemist, go through a couple pages there. Uh, but nonetheless, everyone, I hope everyone has an absolutely fantastic day. And just, I would love to hear a reason why it's not going to be the greatest day of everyone's life. Let's have a good day. If you're coming home, hope you had a great day, but a great evening. Nonetheless, everyone, um, you know why you're here and you know what it is. This is Here's My Thing. Until next time.